weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 355, Mr. Samich. <laughs> Boy, we are coming at you with a special second episode of the Magic Mike Show uh, for this week with a preview of the weekend. Third show this week, Mr. Samich. Uh, my voice is already a little shot, but I'm so excited to keep talking about horse racing. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Done with the Saturday handicapping. Still have to do Friday, but you know, you can only do so much here. I'm excited to cover this sequence. Uh, $1, $1 minimum base bet, 12% takeout. I think the over-under for this pool is about $1.2 million. I think it's going to be a great bet. Uh, we're both going kind of shallow here, too. I think this is the one where if you want to press your opinion, this is definitely the one you press on. I think the turf one, uh, which you know we covered on the, the live show on Thursday, was wildly difficult compared to what this one came back as. Yeah, I, I try to budget for, you know, I think as horse players, you're supposed to budget certain amounts for certain sequences. And, and I took my budget for the two different pools that we're doing, and I put like 80% into the turf side because I think that's where it's going to get crazy. That doesn't mean the dirt side can't get a little crazy. I'm taking a couple shots, and Mike is too. But in case you missed it, the Magic Mike Show 354 covered the special coast-to-coast all-turf pick five that's happening Saturday, March 5th between Gulfstream and Santa Anita. They're calling it first Saturday. As Mike said, it's got a 12% takeout. It's got a dollar minimum. That means that you're kind of separating the wheat from the shaft. you got to really own in on your opinions and press them. On top of the first Saturday, by the way, uh, there is a free-to-play contest with a $5 million jackpot prize, a grand prize. Anyone, all you have to do, Mike? Select all 15 winners of the greatest stakes races uh, over the or all the stakes races over the weekend. So well, that's uh, if it? you are, that's all you got to do. Just 15 um, in a row. <laughs> 15 in a row. If you're able to do it, the grand prize for that is a five million dollar jackpot. And if you don't get all 15, say you get 14, but you're the only one to get 14, you are winning a VIP trip to the 2022 Preakness Stakes, where you're going to see about eight to ten Bob Baffert horses and maybe one or two others in that race. So very exciting and. Of course, on Saturday, the first ultimate betting challenge is what we're excited about. I'm playing into the, the feeder tournament on Friday. So uh, if you're joining me in the tournament Friday, I'm trying to beat you. I'm so sorry. I like you, but I'm trying to beat you. Uh, but this is a live money tournament requiring a $3,500 buy-in unless you qualify through the feeder. $25,000 seated prize pool, $75,000 cash prize pool to the top five finishers, and automatic entries into all of the great betting tournaments that Mike Stomach, not only do you participate in, but you were seventh in NHC last year. I like to bring that up a lot. Yeah, you know, I don't mind it. I like hearing. It. I got my little final table hat right here, so I'm I'm happy to happy to hear that. Uh, look, man, this is this is a, a unique opportunity. There are only a select few tournaments where you can win NHC and BCBC seats. This one has an NHC seat, BCBC seat, and Pegasus World Cup Championship seat all to the winner. So uh, I think there's only two tournaments. I think this one and the big one that has all three of those seats included, uh, and this is the only one where you can win all three at one time. So great opportunity, like you said, seating at twenty five thousand. I think is awesome as well. They're putting that money in there to start it out, so it's kind of like a carryover in a way. Uh, so looking forward to this one. It's going to be a big one on Saturday. It should be a, a good prize pool. And it's like the race is awesome, man. It's, it's a great set of races. You can play anything from Santa Anita or Gulfstream. Uh, we should have, you know, based on based on the handicap I've already done, we should have some nice prices. You should be able to get some to, to rack up the cash, too, in this week again. 
It's going to be really exciting. If you want to find out more information, ExpressBet is hosting it. So go to ExpressBet.com and check that out. You can qualify for it. In the meantime, we've got an all-dirt stakes pick five to cover, Mike. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Kicking off the Coast to Coast All Dirt Stakes Pick 5 at San Anita. We're going to San Anita for leg one, and that is going to be the Great Two San Carlos Stakes Race 4 on the card. You got a field of older, nine older males sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt. We were expecting Flightline to show up here, and it was kind of seeming like that's going to be a free bingo square. He's not in the race. It kind of opens things up here, doesn't it, Mike? It does and it doesn't. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're, you're singling Flightline in this field if, if you end up with Flightline in here. And, and since we don't, it opens it up in a way. But I, I still didn't think this was a race where you want to go all that deep in. Um, I, I wanted to get around Baffert here, but in the end, I just kind of couldn't. Uh, Sazine looks really well set up in this spot. There's a ton of speed in this race. I think you're going to see a pretty hot pace early and set it up for Sazine coming late. And eight rings, the other Baffert horse in this spot, is shortening up in distance, but it's been successful at short distances. Broken Maiden at five and a half furlongs. Uh, was able, was going to, was a one to two favorite in uh, at going seven furlongs the next race out when losing the jockey. I don't think this distance is an issue for eight rings. I think eight rings maybe even on the lead and, and have a ton of stamina left. So for me, this is one of those spots where I couldn't really get around the two Baffert horses. Um, could you? Well, I did use Cezanne um, because like, you're talking about this horse that uh, when he's at his best, he, he can easily beat this field. And, and a little backstory on Cezanne was a $3 million purchase by the Coolmore Group. When he was being broken as a yearling, he was with the McCathan brothers, who they've broken horses like American Pharaoh, uh, Pioneer of the Nile, Bodie Meister, all these great Baffert horses. They said Cezanne was the best that they'd ever had come through there. The thing with Crazy. him is kind of like with Flightline is he's, he's been very fragile, right? They have to be very careful with how they bring him along. But at his best, I think he easily beats this field. I think the seven furlongs is going to help him. If you watch the, the Palace Verdes last out when he was a late running third, he was being scrubbed on a lot and it really kind of needed to get pushed to even get up there for third. But he looked like when he got in the stretch, Mike, okay, now he's really chugging along. So maybe stretching out to seven furlongs uh, helps him out here. My top pick though, I'm going to the rail. I love Brickyard Ride. If he even runs because he just competed two weeks ago, uh, on February 21st in the Tisnell Stakes, and that was the first time that he'd ever gone two turns. But after the race, the trainer, Craig Lewis, said, yeah, he won by seven and a half lengths, but Juan Hernandez saved a lot. He basically yep. didn't even touch the go button on him. So this horse, to me, is the speed of the speed, and if he gets loose, which he is often apt to do, he's gone. Now, if he doesn't get loose, he's in trouble, but I, because he's speed of the speed, I've got to use him on my ticket. I, I get it. Um, if this was six, I, I probably would have used Brickyard Ride. Brickyard Ride was my third horse in here, and I, I ended up only going too deep. My biggest issue with Brickyard Ride is that anytime the, the, the lights are bright, he doesn't run that well, right? I mean, we have the one win in the San Carlos, the grade two, um, this this race last year, where, where right. he was able to win. But that field, I mean, lack of a better term, sucked. Like, it was not a good field last year. Um, this one came back much deeper. And then you look at the other races that you've seen Brickyard ride in, right? The last two have been state bred races. And that's, you know, one easily in both of those in fields of five and fields of eight. The grade two, Pat O'Brien. The grade one, Bing Crosby. We had some issues. Now, both of those were at Del Mar. This horse is much better at Santa Anita. So I, I totally get that as well. Um, but I think that last furlong, well, it really helps Sazine, where it really helps eight rings, I think it really hurts Brickyard Ride, um, and I, I'm more concerned about that seventh furlong for him. And I, there's enough speed in here 
that, yeah, he's the speed of the speed, but there's a lot of horses that want the lead. Um, and, and I feel like you're going to have at least one, maybe two other horses that press him. And the last part for me is that rail draw. I don't love the rail draw for him because if you have any issue, he gets cleared. This thing is over. That's true. And he, uh, the breaking from the rail is not something that he's done very often in his career. He's actually only done it once. And when he did, he finished third in the race. So uh, something to consider. I actually, I went three deep here, Mike, and a horse that I'm hoping is going to be a, a longer price. We don't have the odds yet. The nine shooter shoot is very intriguing to me. Uh, Richard Baltus claims this horse for $50,000. He's a gelding. He's five years old. He's probably got this year, maybe next year to run. They spent $50,000 to claim him back in January and immediately throw him into the grade three Palace Verdes. He almost wins. The horse that ended up winning that day, essential wager, was a loose uh, Bob Baffert horse. But he beat Cezanne. Cezanne didn't look like he was doing all that well early in that race. If Cezanne still struggles again to get going, Shooter Shoot's going to get first run on him. And Victor Espinoza looked like he fit this horse perfectly in the Palos Verdes. Uh, Richard Baltus showed us last year what he can do with an older dirt sprinter horse in Ginobili. Uh, brought that horse along quite nicely. So I think the shooter shoot is very dangerous in here. My question for you, he was 20 to 1 in the Palos Verdes and he finished second by a neck. What price am I looking at realistically at getting on the nine shooter shoot? Well, we know how you do love Victor Espinoza. So I'm not surprised that you ended up on this one. Um you better get 20 to one again. We'll put it that way. <laughs> like it, the problem, and this is, this, this is kind of tough or a lot, making a case for a lot of these horses that are more of a price is that there's not a single race you can point back to. That's good enough to win this. That if, if, if the one horse, uh, the four horse and the six horse actually fire, Sazine, eight rings and Brickyard ride fire. Uh, the rest are, are essentially fighting for second because their, their a plus effort is better than anyone else in this field. Their a effort is probably better than anyone else in this field. It's the reason why it, it was tough for me to kind of get around them. Now it was great to see shooter shoot, take a nice step forward last time out. I'm just not sure this is, this is a, a spot where shooter shoot can be effective at this time. I mean, for me, if I was going to make a crazy case, I would go to the two American theorem uh, who has run some of his best races at sprint distance, cut back, should be able to get a pace to close into um, and it's coming out of a mile of 16 mile and eighth race, which I think we're just a little bit too long for this horse. Now, American theorem also entered later in the card. So we'll see where he ends up running, which, which is the cho top choice. But if I was going to make a crazy case, it would be the collapse case where you had five or six horses that went on the lead. This thing collapses and, and uh, American theorem is the one that picks up the pieces. All right, Mike, let's move over to Gulfstream park for like two of this sequence. The grade two Gulfstream park mile stakes race 10 on Gulfstream parks card. You got a field of nine older males, Going a one-turn mile on the dirt here. Uh, defending champion Fearless is the four horse, but your favorite's probably going to be the three speakers corner. There's a lot of speed sign on to make things interesting for him here compared to the Fred Hooper when he did beat Fearless last time. But I got a feeling you're going to still play with speakers corner here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of slower speed signed on, <laughs> but there's not anyone who's as fast as speakers corner who's coming back here. Um, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more of a challenge, but I mean, he was only a half length up at the, at the uh, half mile point last time out. He's only a length up at the two furlongs into the race. So it's not like he had a clear lead and an easy lead. 22 and four, 45 and four, still pretty quick for a mile going one turn at Gulfstream Park. There's no one else in here that can do that. Yes, there's other horses that have speed, but like, I don't see New York traffic trying to press that that type of pace at a mile. Last time he was at a mile, we saw 23 and 4, 47 and 1. Um, so for my money, I think the four gets loose again. And if the four gets loose again, I think we just kind of see the exact same result as, result as we saw in the Fred Hooper. I think Speaker's Corner gets loose and gets the line first. I think Fearless is chasing him. I think that's your exacta. 
But I'm not going to play both of these horses because they are going to be your two favorites. I talk about this all the time. You have two horses that are going to be sub two to one, which I think both of these will be. You can't play both. You have to pick one or the other. Even if you pick the favorite who's like four to five, six to five, whatever it is, using one over the other makes your ticket more economical, gives you a chance to spread in other spots and doesn't have a negative EV leg in it right off the bat. So I'm going to go ahead and single the three speakers corner and hope that people, much like you opened this race with, think the same thing and we get a little bit better of a price on speakers corner than fearless uh one thing i remember from the fred hooper is that when he was pushed he when he was challenged he repelled the bits pretty well but uh we'll see what happens if fearless is able to uh stick a little bit closer uh fearless is my top pick i, I love this horse a lot um i was nervous in the fred hooper that he was against it pace wise and that he would need to possibly go longer than the one turn mile even though he's won this race before um i think the pace does set up better so uh like you said, Mike, you've got to play one or the other. I'm against Speaker's Corner here. I am going to go with Fearless, but I'm also going to use a couple of other horses. Uh, they're both from the Safi Joseph Jr. barn. He has three entered in here. I'm going to skip the one on the rail here, Alamo's Attack. I think he's kind of a, not necessarily a rabbit because I don't even know if he's, he's probably not fast enough to stay with Speaker's Corner from the start, but uh, a horse that'll probably kind of be speed and quit. I'm going to look first to the six New York traffic. You did bring him up, and this is a horse that uh, on his be best day, I think can win a race like this. His form says he should be able to on his best day. I love the fact that since Safi took over his training early in his career, the horse is two for two in one-turn races. You think of New York traffic as a two-turn horse. Uh, we saw we did that Kentucky Derby Trail and the Triple Crown Trail a couple of years ago, but I think this is a great spot for him to show up uh, get started on a big 2022 campaign. Uh, the question mark for him, you know, we haven't seen him since October when he had that big win, but Irad's going to be back in the saddle. He's 39% with Safi around the country. So I'm going to ride with him. And then also the eight collaborate. He's exiting a career high buyer last time out. He got a 94 uh, for going six and a half furlongs over this course. He's going to stretch back out to a one turn mile, but he broke his maiden at a one turn mile here by over 12 lengths, popped that 90 buyer returned on June 20th after couldn't handle the Florida Derby, couldn't do two turns, comes back to an optional claiming level, gets an 87 buyer. So he's undefeated over this course and distance. He's got all three wins at Gulfstream. The question mark is, and you brought this up uh, last race, Mike, when the lights get bright, he's shied away in the past. But I will make the case that two of those were a mile and an eighth. I think that this horse is going to be best going one turn. So I'm hoping that at age four, second off the layoff, Second time, uh, you know, in this season, I think that he's going to be able to improve off that 94 and that gets him close enough buyer wise to be able to win this race. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to change my ticket. I've been looking at the, like now. So to be clear, I was three, four, eight, six coming into this, this recording. You know what I also didn't notice about the eight? We're carrying a race low, 118 pounds, which I think is going to matter here. You have that that absolute bullet work going three furlongs going into this race. Oh, man. How am I? Okay, I got to do some adjusting on the fly here. I'm going to single Sazine in the first leg instead of going too deep there, and I'm going to go three deep in this leg. So I'm going to go with the three, six, eight, because I actually agree with New York traffic as well. He's got races that are good enough to win this. The seven furlong races is career high 103 buyer that you saw going Belmont around that one turn. So I, I think that New York traffic has races that fit here too. And the other reason is right when I check the weight on collaborate, I go and check the weight on speaker's corner. He's picking up six pounds from that win as well. So if he does face more weight, weight pace pressure and adds a six pounds, I get a little more concerned about speaker's corner. Now, I'm not going to use Fearless because I don't want Speaker's Corner and Fearless on the ticket. Right. So I'm going to flip this around. I'm going to go 368 here. So I'm going to make a little couple adjustments in the banners here in between races now. And then I'm going to go 468. So hey, I, I convinced Mike to, to add the two Sappies, which means the third one. 
He's probably going yeah, in the winner's Lock it up, one. <laughs> all right, Mike. Third leg of the all-dirt stakes. Pick five uh, between Goldstream and Sanita. We're going back to Sanita. The great two San Felipe stakes. Race six on the Sanita car. This is a Kentucky Derby prep race worth 50 points to the winner. 20 to second, 10 to third, 5 to fourth. Assuming they're not trained by Bob Baffert, who has two of them in here, including the horse that's getting Mike all very excited and pumped up. The five doppelganger named because he looks exactly like his sire into mischief. Let's see if he can become a greatest stakes winner like into mischief here. Mike, I we both love doppelganger in the triple crown fantasy league. This was our first round pick. We had very high hopes for him. We both thought the San Vicente stakes last time out too short for him. He's stretching out. Tell me why he's your single. Well, I, I was doing this because we got dueling singles here. We got, you got floating a sting, you know, you did all the, the boxing turns here. Anyway, Look, I still think Doppelganger is the best Baffert three-year-old. I know I'm in the minority in that opinion. Most people think it's Messier. We're going to find out on Saturday if I'm right or I'm wrong. I think he wants two turns. I think he wants more distance. The horse galloped out really well against Forbidden Kingdom. I don't see Forbidden Kingdom getting that same easy lead he got going seven furlongs. Yes, he went fast, but he went fast by himself. I think you're going to have some pressure here. Um, I think Doppelganger should be able to get the job done. And this, again, we talked about this last race. This is one of those spots where you cannot play Doppelganger and Forbidden Kingdom. If you play those two, you're going to have a negative expected value leg in your ticket, which could create a whole, whole complete negative expected value ticket because you're not able to spread in other spots. And when you have this dollar denomination, you've got to make decisions. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to single doppelganger and I'm going to stick with my opinion. I'm going to hope that, oh man, Geist is going to be pissed at me. Uh, Armagnac is going to be, I think I got that right. Armagnac is going to be uh, a rabbit here and is going to push the pace for Forbidden Kingdom who draws outside of him. So I expect Armagnac to absolute send and that's going to set it up for doppelganger. And you absolutely nailed the, the pronunciation each time. It is Armagnac. Thanks to our friend, guys, for correcting us on that one. Uh, listen, I th all the points about Doppelganger are great. I, I know a lot about his workout patterns. He was working with – he was Country Grammar's work a workmate before Country Grammar shipped out and finished second in the Saudi Cup. Really was going to win the Saudi Cup until the last, like, 50 feet there in, the, in that race. So that was a good sign. He also was Newgrange's work partner, and then Newgrange went to the Rebel. That didn't go so well. We're going to – just ignore that fact because we a lot of us thought that Newgrange hated Oakland to begin with. And why was he back there a second time? Doppelganger stayed here. Baffert had them work together and said, I'm going to keep Doppelganger here. That, as a fan of Doppelganger, I'm excited about. Flavian Pratt is keeping them out. I'm excited about that. I don't like the fact that he just seems to be a little slow moving early. And Baffert's best have that really out-of-the-gate turn of foot. So I'm going to single the six Forbidden Kingdom here. Now, this might be a case of the wedding and funeral that you like to talk about a lot because in the San Vicente, Doppelganger was 4-5. to five, Forbidden Kingdom was almost 4-1. to one. You almost might see those odds switch a little bit here because Forbidden Kingdom uh, has the My Racehorse group backing him. A lot of people love him. Richard Mandela is the trainer. Lots of feel-good things about this horse. He is unbelievably fast, and the question will be, can he ration it around two turns? He's got to prove it here. It's a huge question mark for him. Um, I think that he can do it. Going into the San Vicente Stakes, Richard Mandela did his classic three-furlong blowout three days before the race. What did he do on March 2nd? A three-furlong blowout again into Forbidden Kingdom. After the horse, by the way, he wins the San Vicente. First work back, 46-4 and four bullet. He very clearly held his form. Now it's second off the layoff, second time at age three. He just has to handle two turns. I think that he can because speed carries unbelievably well at Santa Anita sometimes. It's almost like the New York turf course. Yeah, uh, well, I wouldn't say blowout. I mean, he went 37 and change. So it's not like he exactly uh, blew out that three furlong workout. He, he went three Details. furlongs. Yeah, Details. you know. Yeah. Second of three. Second on the day, though, right? So that's good. Um, look. I, I don't, I, I can't, I'm not going to just 
drop a pile of shit on Forbidden Kingdom here. He's a good horse. It, the two turns is a major question. And to me, when when you have Bob Baffert run second, third, and fourth in a race of, with five horses because no one pressed the pace, and then you enter a horse that really probably doesn't belong, that's a speedball. What do you think that horse's goal is? He doesn't want to run second and third again behind Forbidden Kingdom. I, I just I don't see how one of these Bafferts doesn't press. And, and the answer, if one of them does, does it's Armagnac. And it, so to me, it, it's just, I, I don't recall all that. I recall a lot of Baffert blockers. I don't recall a lot of Baffert rabbits. This sure feels like a Baffert rabbit to me. All right, Mike, let's move over for leg four of this sequence. We're going to the grade two Fountain of Youth Stakes back at Gulfstream Park, race 12 on their card. Another Kentucky Derby prep race worth 50 points to the winner, 20 to second, 10 to third, and five to fourth. You've got a field of 12 three-year-old males in here. They're worth 13, but we're actually losing the number 12 horse, Mo Donegal, who was your three to one morning line favorite. That means that the 13 horse, Galt, is going to draw in full field of 12 here, Mike. How much did Galt drawing in and Mo Donegal scratching out affect your handicapping of this race? Well, it kind of sucks because um, I wasn't going to play Mo Donegal. And Mo Donegal was your morning line favorite and would have taken money. Um, and, and just personally, wasn't that impressed with what what, what we saw last time out. Um, so I'm kind of bummed about that. Additionally, I, I like simplification. The two horse and Galt drawing in and drawing the 13 post. Now the 12 post means he's going to go. And uh, that makes life a little more difficult for the, the two horse simplification here. So all in all, I'm kind of bummed uh, about this, this turn of events because we're taking out a favorite that I was chucking completely and we're putting in a horse. that's going to press the pace of a horse that I like. So uh, Dick move, Todd, Dick move. Uh, that being said, I'll go with the other Todd. <laughs> I'm going to take Emmanuel on top. Uh, this horse has done nothing wrong. Uh, Emmanuel, the eight horse coming here off two wins. Last time out of Tampa, uh, toying with is not even a, a strong enough adjective with how much he played with that field. I mean, it was just he took out his little baby fiddle and he played it all the way down the lane as he just galloped away from those horses. Uh, it was paid workout is not enough to describe like how simple that win was for Emmanuel. His horse has done nothing wrong, shown a ton of talent, nothing but bullets ever since. Uh, I, I believe this is the best Todd Pletcher horse. Um, and I think if you want to play this horse to win, you got to at least look at the uh, overseas markets because if Emmanuel wins this race, his derby odds will go from 18 to one to eight to one real fast. Um, so I, I think it's, it's worth, if you like Emmanuel in this race, I think it's worth throwing a couple shekels there at 18 to one as well. If you can. Well, and this is, this is boomer bust, right? We've talked about this all week. Uh, this is boomer bust time for him. This is the horse they had all the hype. Uh, it was progressing the Pletcher progression. This is exactly how it goes. He wins this race and goes to the Florida Derby. If he's a good horse, if he's a great horse, if he doesn't win this race, chuck him back into the pile because again boomer bust for where he hasn't really beaten anything but he's beaten it very handily i'm with you emmanuel's my top pick i went too deep and we agree on the other horse that's the four in due time here um paco lopez was aboard for kelly breen last time out and faced a couple of really nice todd pletcher horses in american icon and ironworks dusted both of those horses but it's not just that he did it you've talked about mike how there's you know some decent speed that signed on in here and galt kind of adds to that this horse sat just off. He saved ground. And when it was time to move, Paco moved him out to the three path and he looked push button because as soon as Paco steered him out and said, go, the horse went and he took off. He wins um, a very impressive effort. He's by not this time. So a son of a grandson of Giants Causeway out of a curling mare. He should only get better as we stretch out to two turns here. Uh, you've got to love him in this spot. 
I do. I wish he was on our fantasy team and that we had picked him up three weeks ago. But we're, you know, we, we, yeah, we still got Strava, that that wonderful allowance runner up. Um, <laughs> look, I like in due time as well. I, I think this horse has every chance of taking a step forward. Mentioned this on the preview that we did earlier this week for Racing Dudes YouTube channel as well. Um, the six to one price, I think, was going to float up if Modonigal stays in. Now I'm worried we're not getting six to one here, which kind of sucks because I, I, Probably would have dabbled in the wind pool here if we could have gotten somewhere in the eight to ten to one range. I just that's that's a pipe dream now. So uh, we'll see what ends up the, the price ends up at here. But I think in due time is is that middle price horse in this field that could definitely surprise some people. I use the two simplifications my other must use. I think simplification may have run the best race last time we saw these horses uh, coming out of uh, the, the Holy Bull. Look, White of Barrio tripped out, won that race pretty easy. Simplification missed the break. Simplification had to do something simplification's never done before. Always been on the lead, trying to go gate to wire. He had to come from way, way back, further back than Modonigal, and make a run and, and was able to do so and hold on for a good second. Um, I, I just, you got to have some, some of my faith that this horse is going to take a step forward. Now, if I believe been installed as the morning line favorite here at five to two as well, um, I, I think that simplification, you're going to get right around that price on race day. And I, I think simplification is a good use. I went four deep. Um, and this fourth horse is, is kind of a hunch play in a way. The nine high oak is really interesting to me. Uh, this is a horse from, out of the Bill Mott barn. And, and we often talk about trainer tendencies and kind of what they do with good horses when they have them. When Bill Mott has a good horse, you usually see that progression through the levels. You'll see a maiden special win. They'll go to an allowance. You'll see the win there, maybe an N2X. And then you'll go and try at stakes company. When he really likes a horse... They go right to Stakes Company, and that is exactly what High Oak did last year. Um, High Oak wins maiden special weight at Belmont uh, for 90K early in the season, too. You don't see Mott debut a lot of horses in June all that often. Usually he waits till Saratoga unless he thinks he has something special, and guess what? He did have something special, the Saratoga special winner. Uh, next out, the horse absolutely airs at a nice price, then goes right into uh, the hopeful, which is one of the, you know, the, the key two-year-old race at Saratoga. Does it run great? Right. But that race is also won by Gunite, who looked really good. And I just don't think you were beating on a sloppy track going seven furlongs ever in that specific spot. So I don't really take that much away from High Oak. What I do find really interesting is this is where we show up. Uh, it's an aggressive placement. And he knew this field was going to be good. He had other choices for preps. And we're here. I wouldn't be shocked if High Oak is sitting on one. So I'm going to use the nine High Oak as well. You know, this is the horse that I, I looked at. If I was going to go three deep, this is who I would have added. Uh, the Saratoga Special, I believe. I know I played him to win in cash down that nice 10 to 1. I believe you might have as well. We talked uh, and then about we, that one, yeah. We, we covered that for a picture, quick four show. And then, then the hopeful, we went, well, that was the wedding. This is a funeral played against him in that spot. I think you're getting a great price on him, but you're right. This is a tough spot, and that's where I'm going to hold off on him. Uh, for now, but I'm very I'm going to watch him because Gormley also is a sire. This is from the first crop for Gormley. Um, six for 36 winners when they're stretching out to two turns, but they're 12 for 36 finishing first or second. So if you like, say, you know, you're like Mike and I, where you're like, well, we really like Emmanuel to win, but that price is going to be really short. Throw this horse in second. I think that's a really nice exacta. Maybe do like, uh, you know, 75% that straight exacta and then flip it for the other 25% put High Oak on top. I think he's, he's sneaky in here. Um, I don't have the balls to put on my ticket, but I think he's very sneaky. Yeah, we're, we're amending the wedding funeral for this one. The Saratoga special was the wedding, okay? The hopeful was the divorce. And this is the remarriage right here, right? We're, it's the, it's, we're going back to that wedding because we're getting the price again. I love it. <laughs>
All right, Mike, the final leg of the all-dirt stakes pick five between Gulfstream Park and Santa Anita. We're back at the great race place for the grade one Santa Anita handicap, a.k.a. the big cap. It's also the nightcap race 11 on the card. If you're live this long, talk about a sweat. There's over two and a half hours or over two and a quarter hours between the Fountain of Youth and the big cap. So take a break, you know, get some popcorn. This race doesn't start till 8 o'clock Eastern, but you got a field of eight older males going a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Where'd you go on top, Mike? Thank God we have just like a packed steak schedule in between then. So you, say you don't need to take a nap. You can just watch the rest of this car because it's true. exceptional. Play the tournament. You have a bigger sweat, right? Um, I think this is the chance to beat Express Train. I think Express Train is going to go off as your favorite. I have no interest in Express Train as a favorite in this spot. Just not consistent enough for me. And like when you go through who Express Train's beaten, I'm just I'm not that impressed, right? Um, so let's let's look for a little bit of a price here. I'm going to go to the eight Stiletto Boy on top. Uh, who's this horse faced? Oh, you know, life is good. Flight line, Nick's go Medina spirit, Medina spirit. That's eh, pretty darn good. Um, if you go back further than that, or if you go back to four, three, four back now, uh, in the awesome, again, Stiletto boy actually beat express brain by two lengths. I, like I'd like everything about Stiletto boy right now. He's running. He's clearly coming into form and running. Well, I saw him run well in the Pegasus outperform his odds. I think you're going to see that again here. I think this sets up for a big race. I like the fact that we have tactical speed, but don't need the lead. You kind of stalk and pounce. Um, I considered singling the eight. And if I pressed a ticket, I would single the eight in this spot. But I am going to end up three deep, and we're going to try and avoid the express train here. What about you? Uh, one thing that I've noticed uh, since the San Diego meet started on December 26th is that two jockeys have very clearly tied themselves to Bob Baffert, and that's John Velasquez and that's Flavian Pratt. And when you see one of those jockeys jump off of a Bob Baffert horse, for a trainer that is shipping into town for the first time, a horse trying 10 furlongs for the first time, it catches your attention. I'm singling the number three warrant. I think that warrant uh, is going to beat a group of average two mm, horses. I'm with you. I think express train bounces. Uh, the horse never puts together three good races in a row. Hell, he barely puts together two good races in a row. He's only done it. He's done it twice. The third time or the, the time when he tried to make it three in a row, pretty bad in the Oakland handicap. I'm going to single warrant here. I think that Pratt picking up the mountain is a huge sign of faith. It's a son of constitution, so he should be able to handle the mile and a quarter distance. We saw Tis the Law was able to carry that, no, no problem. Uh, he's out of a first samurai mare, which makes me a little nervous about the horse's ability to handle 10 furlongs. But we talked earlier uh, in the San Carlos and also in the San Felipe. At San Anita, speed can handle really well on the dirt. I think that Warren's going to have enough staying power and speed to be up front early. And then as things collapse, I think he's able to just stay on and keep moving. Flavin Pratt's going to know when to press the button on him and when to try and hold off express train. So I'm singling the three Warren, but this is also for a grade one race. Uh, not a lot of grade one horses in here, Mike. Well, it's a great pick. That's my other must use. Um, this horse owes me money. I would have won the freaking Lone Star tournament if this horse didn't win that day. Uh, ran down Mr. Wireless late. If Mr. Wireless wins, it would have had a day uh but i agree with you man like look and ironically one of the reasons i like stiletto boy as well who do you think baffert called to ride spielberg after pratt switches over he called john velasquez john velasquez shows up on stiletto boy for for ed mogard not someone he rides for all the time so you have the top two baffert jockeys leaving spielberg on the rail it's a great case to throw spielberg out it's a great case to play the other two um i, I agree with everything you said on warren i think this horse is sitting on a big one this is one of those uh, horses that was good at three, who's maturing at four, has been taken along slowly, didn't didn't run in the big classic distances, but ran kind of some of those smaller derbies and got better as the year went along. I would be shocked if this horse doesn't take an additional step forward here. I think Warren is, is awfully dangerous um, in this spot. I'm going to use the four Soy Tapatio too at a little bit of a price. Um, 
I think this horse can be 20, 25 to one in the line. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in seeing what this horse is able to do with it. Just like a perfect stocking trip. Uh, yes, we need to take a big time step forward, but we have gotten better as the races have gone on here. Um, and the second time out around two turns, we regressed a little bit, but we were able to show a different style. We were able to stalk from off the pace and then go wide. Um, if you watch that race too, he closed ground like that. You don't see turn of foot like that on the dirt all the time, especially at Santa Anita. And never really asked just kind of handwritten home you take all that into account you give me the price i'm getting on here and you like look you said it this isn't a great field like you could see someone jump up and snap this thing off and if someone does that i think it's soy tapatio the four horse for doug o'neill who's trending in the correct direction here early in the four-year-old season uh if i will say if i lose this sequence on this leg because warrant doesn't win I hope the Soy Tapatio is who does it because uh, Diego Herrera, if you don't know who this jockey is, he's a bug boy. He's not getting the bug allowance because we're in a stakes race, but uh, Diego Herrera is 17 years old. He has as many wins as years lived on this earth. Uh, It's the Santa Anita meet. So he is very young, but he's very talented. He'll go and win three, four races at Santa Anita on the thoroughbreds, and then he'll drive to Orange County an hour and away, and he'll go win four, five, six races on the Los Al quarter horse card. The kid's immensely talented. This isn't a normal bug boy jumping aboard that said this is not a field with mongolian ford or divine armor american admiral invisible war or any of those other horses that he's beaten in the past um if he wins good congratulations to you and to everybody else who took a shot on him he is riding a two race win streak uh both times going two turns at santa anita the only two times he's tried going two turns at santa is once so i think if, as long as you get a price we're working without the morning line right now but if you get in that 20 25 to 1 range i i can't i can't knock it for doing it yeah, I'd be shocked if we don't get somewhere around there. And I'm, I'm just hoping that this is the race where we can step up and get a bomb home. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through the all-dirt stakes pick five between Sandy and Goldstream Park on Saturday, March 5th. It's a really exciting sequence. Again, dollar minimum, 12% low takeout. There's a reason you're going to want to play this. And the turf stakes, again, if you want all the thoughts on that, go back to Magic Mike Show episode 354. Check that one out. If you are watching us, though, we appreciate it. Take a look below. We've got our tickets here. I'll go ahead and give mine out first. I'm going to go one, four, nine with four, six, eight, single the six, then four, eight, and then single the three for a dollar denomination. That is $18. It's pretty affordable, but again, a lot of my budget, it's going into that turf sequence. Mike, where are you going here? I want to be significantly cheaper than my turf ticket here as well. And really significantly cheaper than most of my pick fives. Uh, I'm playing a dollar ticket here. I'm going to go four with three, six, eight with five with two, four, eight, nine with three, four, eight. If I was pressing here, I would single the three in the second leg and the eight in the last leg as well and play like a $5 ticket that route. You could go four singles and four deep and for 20 bucks. Uh, I think that this is one of those sequences where you got a single couple times. You don't want to spend a lot of money unless you're playing it a lot of times. Or if you really think that it's going to be bombs away, which on the Santa Anita dirt doesn't happen, but doesn't mean it's not going to happen. At least in one of these races, Mike and I are really pulling for that to happen. Thanks so much for joining us again. The Magic Mike Show 354 is covering the all turf stakes pick five between Gulfstream Park and Santa Anita. So make sure you go check that one out. Uh, make sure you check out the first ultimate betting challenge that's happening Saturday. $25,000 seated pool, $75,000 cash prize pool to the top five finishers. Births to all of the best tournaments are on the line. Go to expressbet.com and check that one out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellerward. He is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. And hey, if you're looking to play Gulfstream, on Saturday, we have you covered at racingnews.com with the inside track to the Fountain of Youth Stakes Wagering Guide covering every single race on the Gulfstream Park card, plus both the Kentucky Derby prep races at Santa Anita and the Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct. So make sure you go check that out. Until next time, I'm Magic. 
And I'm Mike. Thanks for joining us. Good luck this weekend. We'll see you in the tournaments, and we'll see you on Monday. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.